Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Little potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today is a hilarious comedian. She was named to Variety's 10 Comics to Watch in 2019. She's an actress in the 2020 Amazon series Upload. Her comedy special, entitled He Jobs Off, was released on Amazon, and it was called one of the best comedy specials of 2023 by Vulture. It is very, very funny. Please welcome Zainab Johnson. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining. This has been, uh, we've had a lot of cancellations on my end. So I, again, I'm apologizing on air as I did off air. Oh, it's okay. We, we're here now. We're here and it's the new year. This is the first mm-hmm. pod of the new year. We are opening with a very interesting fridge for the 2024 season. Okay. Uh, it's a dichotomy, this fridge. It's a dichotomy. You guys, tell me what you think. You can see this fridge on my Instagram, at StandUpDan. Here we go. So I always say when a comedian has an empty fridge, it means one of two things. One is you're very successful. You're on the road all the time. Two is things are going really bad. I'm assuming it's the former with you because 10% of this fridge is rosé champagne. Well... Uh, if anybody knows my comedy, they know that I don't, or even knows me, they know I don't drink alcohol. So yeah. if you look to the right side of the fr- fridge where you see the champagne, you also see cheese, which I don't eat also. So that's my sister. That's when okay. my sister comes by and hangs out for a little bit and, you know, sits back and watches TV. These are the things that she leaves. So you're telling me that 30% of this fridge that is... One of the more empty fridges we've had on Green Eggs and Dan is not even your stuff. It's not even my stuff. No. Yeah. Oh I, you'd say 30. I'd say more than, I'd say about 40, 45%. Yeah. Because I mean, the baking soda, that's just for freshness, right? That's right. That doesn't even count. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. Okay. So, well, before we, we get into a deeper dive, what, what, tell me what's wrong. Do, is, do we need to start a GoFundMe? What's going on here? Because it's also like a really nice fridge. It's like a beautiful, clean, brand new, like fresh from Best Buy fridge. Yeah, it's actually a custom refrigerator. Like if I if I showed you it closed, it would just blend in with the cabinets. Mm. But I am just one of those people that I'm on the road a lot. I eat out a lot. 
like if I'm going to cook in my house, that means I'm running to the store that day and I'm getting the things that I need to make the thing that I'm eating. Yeah. I have the basics, which is how I grew up. My, you know, my parents, my mom always bought whatever was necessary, the ingredients necessary for what we were going to eat that day. That was always sourced the same day. But my father would come home after work and he would always have like eggs, butter and bread and maybe milk. And I would be like, why did you get that? He would be like, I just have the essentials. Like your mom will do everything else, but I got to make sure the essentials are in a refrigerator. So most times you'll see me with like eggs in a refrigerator, some earth balance. I'd made something with chickpeas yesterday. So that's why I have like a couple of leftover. The celery and the carrots, I'll probably throw away. I made a soup. Mm. So I used all, you know, like I used all of the fresh vegetables and I made a soup, but then, you know, there was like leftover. You never need as many, as much celery or carrots as you do any of the other vegetables, you know? No, never. So you're doubling down on this fridge. You're not there. You have no apologies for this fridge. No apologies. The only thing that I will say that's missing in this refrigerator that you would typically see when you open my refrigerator are like cases of kombucha. I was going to say there's no drinks in here. Because I drink room temperature water, okay. so they won't be in a refrigerator unless I'm having um, like sparkling water and I'm just out. And I didn't want to like I remember when we first like booked to do this podcast. I remember you saying like, don't pad your refrigerator. Yeah, don't you know, I could have went out and fill, I could have put all my Fiji water in the refrigerator. Right. I could have went out and restocked all my Pellegrino. But it's just like all my friends would be like that Zaynab's refrigerator. It, it offers. <laughs> you nothing it offers nothing yeah i'm never concerned if the power goes out i'm never concerned about what's in the refrigerator <laughs> yeah nothing here would go bad i mean even yeah. the eggs would be fine i i i don't know i mean i feel like <laughs> have i given you nothing to work with <laughs> no i feel like this is this should be an intervention but you're you seem like to be in complete denial that there's any problem at all okay one of these little drawers on the door just has it looks like more like shelving supplies for the fridge well where am i supposed to put those well i felt like i had enough shelves you're supposed to not have enough room for the shelving units in your fridge because there's food in it and then you put that in like a, a plastic bag and put it away somewhere yeah, well, I mean, I guess I'll do that when I need to, but I doubt, I don't think I'll ever in life need to. I Listen, I go to people's houses and when I see like a fully stocked refrigerator, I get anxiety. Mm, I don't okay. trust it. I'm like, what is all of this refrigerated? Like, how long has this been in here? I'm telling you, the the the, the more stocked your refrigerator is, the less likely I am to eat something at your house. I'm being very honest with you because that to me seems like, oh, you probably got a lot of pre-made, like refrigerated food, leftover food. You probably got a lot of canned goods in your cabinets. I don't eat like that. And I'm sorry, that might sound judgmental, Dan. Now I flipped it on you. Now you feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just can't do it. Like I just came from Whole Foods, right? Wait, you just came from Whole Foods and this is your fridge? You just came from Whole Foods? I just came from Whole Foods oh, and this is my refrigerator. And let me tell you why, <laughs> because I bought some blackberries. I bought some persimmons because I just discovered persimmons. Oh, oh it's the only reason for fall and winter. Yeah. It's the best oh, my fruit God. in history. Who knew? Who knew? I had my first persimmon 
over this uh, holiday break. And it was because I postmated something mm. and it came with like some, a side of fruit and some of the fruit was persimmon and I tasted it cautiously. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Cause you know, normally they try and give you like cantaloupe and honeydew and I throw that away immediately. Yes. I don't, I, I hate it. Agreed. And it's a really, it's a cheap fruit. It's available all year round. I don't mm. trust that fruit. No. So I tried the persimmon and I liked it. And I started Googling. I was like, oh my God, winter persimmons in season. I realized that they're in season, right? They're about to go out of season, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I looked up like uh, the benefits of them. <laughs> and how do you know if it's ripe? Like, how do you pick it? And I ventured to Whole Foods. I got some bananas. So there's not going to be bananas in the refrigerator. Everything I got, you, you don't refrigerate. So... I um got some bananas. I got some plantains, but those those just sit in a fruit bowl as well. Yes. I got oranges. I got a bunch of fruit. You don't refrigerate fruit. I know, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing to go in the refrigerator. Like nothing of what I bought. The other thing that I bought was Wait, I hold on. But hold on. Can we go back to persimmons for one minute? Yeah. I think so I I always say I'm a huge fan of biblical fruits. I don't know okay. why. Like biblical fruits are the best. Persimmons, uh, pomegranates, figs, all that biblical shit, all that Garden of Eden stuff. Like dates, like dates, dates. And stuff like date. yeah. Ooh. Give it to me. Put it in my veins. Persimmons. There's two different kinds. There's the hard ones and the soft ones. Okay. Which. Did you have the hard one or the soft one? Dang, I don't know. Because like, what do you mean by soft? And I feel like it was pretty firm. Okay, by soft, I mean it's like jelly soft. Oh, no. My, okay. Then I had, the firm, I had the firm one. Okay, the firm one. Again, I, it's, like choosing, it's like choosing your favorite children. I don't have yeah. children, but that's what I, I hear. That's how I feel about my persimmons. I like them both equally but differently. But when it's persimmon season, I'm... I, my fucking... Kitchen is overflowing, and it's all I'm subsiding on. It, it's all I'm living on is persimmons. That's it. Really? So, so this, I mean, I ate one before I got on this podcast. I rinsed it off and sliced it up in the same way that I saw that the same way that it was delivered to me. Um, and I just felt like it was a nice little treat because it's almost like a cross between like an apple a mango and a plum? That's not a bad way to describe it. An apple, a mango, and a plum. I'm okay with that. I think that's yeah. pretty good, actually. And like you said, depending on the consistency, like a firm tomato without the gushy in the, you know? Yeah. Like, it it was just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like refreshing, <laughs> but not too sweet. <laughs> now this is a commercial for persimmons. I will tell you though, Dan, <laughs> I had no idea that it was a biblical fruit. I don't really know the biblical fruits. I do know dates because, you know, I'm Muslim and, you know, the prophet Muhammad, he ate dates. That's a yeah. big thing in Islam is dates, dates, dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you break your fast with dates, you know. There's a date and milkshake that is typically used, right, as uh, as the Ramadan breakfast. Ooh, if it is, I don't know. I don't know of the milkshake. But again, you see in my refrigerator, ain't, ain't no dairy. I mean, my sister's cheese, but, you know, I wouldn't know. So no dairy either. No, like sometimes there's butter in there. Mm. There's never, you're not going to ever find milk in my refrigerator. <laughs> or 
yogurt, like dairy, like, like dairy yogurt, stuff like that. You'll never find that. Cause I don't eat that. And my sister is lactose intolerant, but her guilty pleasure is cheap. You know, some people who are lactose, they still, they still choose to, you know, risk it all for some cheese. Mm, yeah, that's it. Um, I think if you pan down, I might have some almond milk in there. I should. Nope. You have nothing. Oh, no here? Way. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. In the bottom right corner, there is one tiny thing of almond milk. <laughs> I have almond milk. I have some whipped cream, which is actually dairy, but that's because my nieces left that over. Oh, my God. Another thing that is not yours in the fridge. Another thing. And then the drink behind it. I actually don't know what that is, but a that friend- That looks was- like some sort of energy drink situation. Yes, a a friend was at my house and left that at my house. And so because it was never opened, I just put it in the refrigerator. Maybe next time they want it. But I, but here's 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 what I feel like I should get credit for. Yeah, go. If it's like a non-perishable and you leave it at my house, I allow you to keep it in my refrigerator. Okay, so you're telling me this is like a storage center. For like you, this is like you're like you have the fridge of, of like a hostel where anyone can come put whatever they want inside, <laughs> <laughs> label it, put their name on yes. it, yes, yes, <laughs> and it will be there waiting for them. But you don't even have to label it because the only like I'll never touch your stuff because most things that people like I don't like. So, okay. and with. And I'm a person that has to go to the store like every other day because, like I said, I like to buy like fresh stuff. So that's also you are know. you? You're in New York, right? No, I'm in LA. But oh, you're in LA. Is, but I grew up in New York, and so I think it is a very New York thing to kind of go to the store more frequently because your 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 corner stores, your grocery stores are in close proximity to you, closer proximity than usually like a place like LA or any other place. In the United States, you know? Yeah, it's a lot harder to live that life in L.A. Yeah, but not for me. (laughs) I just build it into my errands. Like, Whole Foods is is in between my Pilates studio and my house. Oh, my God. So it's like, okay, I know. (laughs) You've changed. You've changed, Zainab. (laughs) (laughs) The New Yorker in you is gone. (laughs) It's between my IV drip vitamin place and my Pilates studio. No, I was still the same way in New York. I would stop on the way like, okay, let's say I'm, you know, coming home from work or school. Before there was like Whole Foods in New York, I used to always go to what was what is called Fairway, which is a huge mark, right? Yes. And so, you know, Fairway is known for their produce. Fairway is cool. It's kind of like a bootleg Trader Joe's. Like, How dare you? They have their own branded stuff. They do, but Fairway was around way before Trader Joe's. If anything, Trader Joe's stole their judge and made I, a whole corporation of it. I know. I think I think Fairway walked so that Trader Joe's could run. Absolutely, but the the produce in Fairway is much better than Trader Joe's produce at this point. Okay, yeah, Trader Joe's produce is trash. We can all admit that. Yeah, we agree and on so- that. Yes. And so I would stop on my way home at the fairway and pick up what I needed to pick up. And then I would go home in the same way. And I would like, of course, I'm doing different things throughout the week. So I just kind of build it into, you know, what I'm doing throughout the week. Like, oh, okay. okay. 
Oh, I got spots tonight. Okay, well, I'm going to have to make dinner after my spot. So what time am I done with my spots? 9.25. All right, that gives me enough time to stop at Whole Foods on my way home. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I mean, I feel like this is like a colossal mismanagement of your time. I think that you can be doing this so much more efficiently. Like you can order all this stuff on like you know, uh, on Amazon, you can get all of your whole food stuff just delivered to your house, especially in LA. It takes, it takes like 30 minutes just to drive and park and to get validation and then put your stuff in the car. This is a very easy hack we can do. Save you a lot of time. I don't know if you need to save time, if you're good, but. I mean, clearly I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But also I realized this during the pandemic. So Second season of Upload, we filmed during the pandemic. And we filmed in Vancouver, Canada. And they were really adamant about us not, you know, being with the public when we weren't on set. And so we had our groceries delivered. I realized you can have anything delivered as long as it's not fresh produce. I'm a person, I like to pick my avocados. I I, I enjoyed... Like discovering what makes a good persimmon today. I enjoyed that. So as much as you're like, wait, we got to save on time. Why? That's an experience in and of itself. Like my mom, I feel like my mom is the absolute best fruit picker. Like she knows how to pick fruit. She knows how to cut it. She knows how to serve it at its optimal ripeness, right? For you to enjoy the full flavor and benefit of the fruit. I think that's some, I don't know if your mom's an immigrant or not, but my parents, like, that's some immigrant shit. Like, my dad can, like, hear a fruit and know exactly where it is in its trajectory of ripeness. Exactly. My mom is not an immigrant, but, I mean, her ancestors, we won't get into that, but, you know, she's not. She's from, she's born, she grew up in New York. Okay. Born in California, grew up in New York. But... I always admired that. I always appreciated that as a kid. Like, I know whenever my mom puts out a platter of like fruit, sliced fruit, it's going to be so, it's it's going to be like I'm eating cake. It's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to yes. be like, it's going to be so satisfying. Yes. And so I, I find that I don't watch cooking shows. I'm not reading cooking books. But what I do do, because I eat out a lot, and part of that is just simply my job. I am away from home so much, right? Mm. So what I do is when I really like something at like a restaurant, I then try to recreate it. Okay. The other day, like I said, I was served a persimmon and I'm like, oh my God, this is new to me. Now I have to go on the journey of the persimmon. Yes. And that I had time in my day to do that exploring. Like that's great in my opinion. Just somebody (laughs) dropping off some percent. I like my bananas a certain way because you know you're like you can't ever bring me a bunch of green bananas. Because they're going to all get ripe at the same time. Now, what am I supposed to do with six ripe bananas? Ah, interesting. You like to stagger the ripe, the greenness of the bananas. Yeah, because it's like I'm one person. So it's yes. like I'm not eating four bananas in a day. I'm eating one banana probably in a day. Yes. And so, I, you know, and I don't, I hate waste. Like, I do not like to waste food. Yes. It's very rare that I'm just cleaning out my refrigerator and throwing away stuff. That's... That's very rare because I just don't shop like that, you know? Maybe that's why there's nothing in the fridge. You don't want anything to go bad in the fridge. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're trying to make sense of it for you instead I, of like coming into my world. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to like psychoanalyze this. And you're like, no, Dan, there's nothing behind it. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Dan. What would you add to this? Like for you to think that I was okay. okay. Like for you to be like, okay, yes. you know what? Now I can sleep at night. I know Zainab is not you know, malnourished. I know yes. she's not. What What would you put in that refrigerator? Okay, that's a great question. We need more liquid in there, uh, either fruit juice or the kombucha that you were talking about. Okay. Um, I would like some greens, some salad greens. Okay. Okay. That's usually in there too. Yeah, like a big, like a big thing of like arugula or whatever. Yeah. That would make me feel. That would make me feel happy. You know, I guess a lot of the veggies could go out, but you know, maybe some. Uh, Maybe some leftovers in there. I want some leftovers. No, I mean sure, but it's rare. It's rare. Maybe maybe some chicken for cooking. No, no, no. okay, no. Now I want to see what's in my fridge. I'm like I'm I'm at a loss a little bit right now. I feel like this was a gotcha question. Like I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> but what if you have people come over? What if you have people come over? Okay. I always well one well my friends will my friends know not to expect hospitality in that form from me. Zainab. Zainab. That's not a good thing for people to expect from you. I'm sorry. I'm gonna push back. You are one of is it thirteen children? Yes. 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 So hospitality is something that you grew up with in a way that no one else did. It's not true. That's that's completely false. Okay, tell me. All the kids were just Postmates, uh, their their own thing? Well, no, we actually, at its height, it was a house filled with 15 people, right? Okay. 13 kids and two parents. Yes. And my parents were really strict. By really strict, I mean, like, we presented a certain way. We presented as like a very devout Muslim family, right. you know? But so when we were in our house, that's when we could be free. That's when we could have on shorts and T-shirts. That's when my mom might be walking around with, uh, you know, with just like a bra on breastfeeding a kid. So and my mom was pregnant a lot. Right. <laughs> she, she was breastfeeding kids a lot. And so honestly, it wasn't until I was probably about 16 years old that my mom, that I started having like company. You know, right. and my mom was my mom was really hospitable, but she didn't change anything she did. Like, I'll never forget. I had a, I had my first boy, not my first boyfriend, but my boyfriend who got to come to my house. Right. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend that my parents, well, my father never accepted, but my mom finally accepted. Um, he was at my house and my mom was making fried chicken. First of all, let me just say this. I have never in my life fried chicken before. Okay. But I used to I like fried chicken, but I just never in my life made it. But my mom was making fried chicken. And you know how you um, drain the oil of the fried chicken, like usually on like a paper towel? Yes. You're saying like after the chicken is done, you take it, you take take it, it out, out and you rest oil. it on a, on a paper and towel. You, and you rest it on a paper towel. So we were also extremely uh, poor. Mm-hmm. And so my mom put my mom served my boyfriend at the time fried chicken out of a Nike box, a Nike shoebox. Out of a Nike shoebox. So the shoebox was being used to drain the oil? Yep. I mean. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, your Go mom ahead. your mom might have invented the term life hack. 
Okay, <laughs> that is, I, I that I could see that working very well to drain off the oil of fried chicken. Number one. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Okay. I would think that your home was hospitable to you guys. I'm not saying necessarily for other people, but your fridge must have been packed. No, that's what no? I'm telling. Wow. No, we always had the what my father called the essential. You could you could call any of my siblings and verify this. Okay. We had we had what my father called the essentials. We never had canned food in our cabinets. We never had frozen food in our freezer. We had fresh bread. Sometimes my mom would bake. It's like my mom would bake fresh bread, uh-huh. but we always had milk. We had eggs. We had butter. And we may have always had honey, I okay. believe, in our house. Like that's something that never, you know, that's something that my father would pick up when he came home from work every every other day. Like I got the essentials, right? And I'm talking about like we would have like four cartons of eggs. You know what I'm saying? Like you yes. can pick up one at a time. No, we Costco, Costco portions. Not that much, but but enough where it would be like we would be okay for like two or three days, the entire house. And then, first of all, we never had leftovers. I, I used to tell a joke about it, how now I like to just see leftovers in my refrigerator sometimes just to know like nobody's going to touch it. Because we never, th- we we didn't have anything left over. And then if you went out, if, if you went out to eat and you came back and brought the leftovers back, you'd wake up and it'd be gone because right. somebody's going to eat it, you yes. know? But my mom would send us to, I went to the store so much as a kid. My mom would say, here, here's money. Go get, we need this and this and this. I'm making lentil soup. We need this. Go get me this. I'm making this. Go get, you know what I'm saying? I'm making meatloaf tonight. Go get this. I need this. That was constant. And it wasn't like I was going to the store three times a day. It's like, she got so many kids. We, we rotated the errand, you know? Okay. A lot of this is making sense. I'm filling in the holes. I'm filling in the gaps. My psychoanalysis is close to complete. (laughs) But yes, your whole childhood was, it seems like a lot of your brain power was occupied with what is the family going to eat next? What are we, what is the next collective meal? What is the next thing we're going to have? We finish everything as soon as we have it. So what's going to be next? You go get this, you go get that, you go get this. And that seemed to be like a big part of the brain power was devoted to that. But I don't think so. I think we were soldiers. Like, that was my mom's brain power. God damn it. I thought I was so close. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I didn't even think about it. We just ate, and then we went about our day. Okay, so it's dinner dinner time, and 15 of you are sitting down at the table. What is is served at the table? 15 people. It's never served at a table. It's like it's on the stove. It's on the counter. You serve yourself unless you're a really little kid. Okay. And then my mom's going to serve you. If you're only my mom served my father and then like the little kids. But once you old enough, you serve yourself. Okay. So it depends. Like sometimes it would be like um, fish and like cabbage, always like a vegetable and always a vegetable. If we were like eat, if we had like extra funds or something, then we would have vegetable in a meat. Mm hmm. But I wasn't, you know, like I, I, I um, spent some time at my grandparents' house when I was young, and they served like a starch with every single meal. Yeah, and we didn't have that. That was very uncommon to me. 
Um, and so I remember when I got back to my parents' house, I complained. I was like, they trying to make me eat rice every day, like rice for breakfast, rice for lunch, rice for dinner. Like, cause rice was like starch was something that was served on their plate, you know, but we, that's not how my mom cooked. It's like, oh, my mom is going to serve you. Like she'll make a big pot of soup. And it's like, oh, okay. Like as an adult now, I think a soup is like a appetizer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But no, that's like the meal. Yeah. Like she's going to make us a hearty soup. Yeah. And that's what's for dinner. Soup. Maybe she'll like bake some bread to go with it or, you know. And would you all sit at the, you guys wouldn't all sit together to eat? Everyone would just go off into no, their own. No, we didn't have, like, we didn't have like a dining table, a yeah. dining room table. No, we would be all throughout. We would be like mostly in the kitchen eating, but we would be like, you know, sitting in chairs, maybe sitting on the floor like yeah. the kids, at least, like not my parents, but the kids definitely. Wow. Yeah. And you're in the middle. Where are you in the in the pecking order? I'm, I'm the fifth one. I'm the fifth one from the top. Okay, fifth one from the top. It's kind of it's middle-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you can have middle child syndrome, like even if you're one of thirteen, because like I feel like a lot of comedians, like we're all middle children that were just like looking for attention and didn't get it. Yeah, like I'm a middle child, but then I'm also like the oldest of the middles. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like it's part of me that's like kind of like very much older sibling vibes, you know? Yes. But again, like there's very few people who like if I'm dating a guy and his refrigerator is empty, unless he's a chef, mm-hmm. I prefer for his refrigerator to be kind of empty. This is so strange. This is so wild. It's so counterintuitive. One person in my life whose refrigerator is full and I eat what she cooks is my friend Tabitha. I eat, her refrigerator is always full, but I I definitely eat and have always been comfortable eating at her house because I know her habits and stuff. I know how she shops. I know how she, you know, I know how she gets down. But for the most part. (laughs) I love the idea of you going to someone's house, opening their fridge, taking a look and be like, nope, too full. I'm not going to be eating here. Here, here, I'll go a step further. Sometimes I go to somebody's house like a friend's house and you know how you bring your stuff like you bring your snacks or like oh well, I'm, I'm gonna bring my snacks over we going we're gonna eat and watch a movie yeah. or whatever right uh-huh. if i open up your refrigerator and it looks like too full or too like it's too many leftovers it's too i won't even want to put my food in that refrigerator oh i won't even want to put God. i won't even want to put my beverage in that refrigerator <sighs> i mean zainab <laughs> Nav. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but does it seem normal to you? Are you listening to yourself and saying, wait a second, maybe there's an issue here? No, it seems normal to me in the same way that like for me, you know, normal is having so many siblings, but that's really right. abnormal for most of the world. Yeah. But for me, that's like all I know. I mean, I think it's normal for most of the world. It's abnormal for like, you know, I guess most of like the first world, but like everywhere else, that's kind of status quo. Oh, people got 13 kids? I mean, I don't know about 13, but I'd say like over five is probably. I think a lot of people got five, six, seven kids when you go around the world, especially. 13 is a lot of kids. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, is and don't get me wrong, when I when I meet certain people, certain cultures, it's like, yeah, 13 is like just scratching the surface, you know? But that's not common. All around the world, that's still abnormal. 
Especially in New York City. <laughs> so my friend who left the um ener- the energy drink or whatever, yeah. when they were at my house, they were hungry. And I was like, and it was Christmas Day, so things were closed. Okay. And I had, I only had pro- like salad stuff. And I was oh like, you want-? and it was like, yeah, I'll have a salad. And I was like, okay, because that's like, that's all that I can offer you is a salad. Or we'll have to like, just look at Postmates and- you know, whatever. But then I made them a salad and they really liked the sa- I, Now, I will say that I um, I make a really good salad. Like I know how to I know how to combine ingredients and stuff like that. Like I just know I know what pairs together to make a really good salad. Right. I'm going to dress it in a certain way. I'm going to serve it in a certain way. But I can't buy like a thing of arugula in the hopes that I'm going to eat it that week. If I want arugula that day, I got to get it that day and eat it that day. Zainab, I think you need to live on a fucking farm. You need to live on a farm where you can go out and cut whatever's fresh and slaughter the animal that you want to eat that night and live pre-refrigeration. Like you were born in the wrong century. You needed to be born in like the 1500s. I welcome that, although I wouldn't, I would want it to be like an animal free farm. You know, I wouldn't want to have to deal with any animals. Are you vegetarian? Well, yeah, most times, yes. Most times. But like slaughtering animals and doing all of that, I can't, that's not even, I can't, I don't have pets. That's not a part of my ministry. I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it. Okay, but the guy next door will have uh, an animal farm, and you guys can like you can uh, you can barter with each other. You can give him vegetables for that once in a while. This is your meat. This is your fifteen hundred year fifteen hundred meat cute that I'm setting up right now. Yeah, I wouldn't even need to uh, what you call it. I would give him all the veggies he wanted, and I would actually need no meat in return. But if on the left side of me we had a fisher, we had a a seaman, a seaman, yes. <laughs> And he, you know, every so often wanted to bring me like the fresh catch of the day, like a really light, white, flaky fish. Yes. And I would be down for that. But um, I would love that. Again, going back to my to my friend whose refrigerator is normally very full, but I still very much enjoy eating at her house. I was there the other day and she gave me um, blood oranges that she grows on, you know, on her trees. Yeah. And when I got home and I ate them, I was like, Dang, I only took two. I was like, dang, I wish that I had taken some more. But like I I have a lemon tree in my backyard and uh-huh. I pick lemon. But I don't, most people would be like, and I thought about it the other day, sorry. I thought about <laughs> it the other day, like maybe I should pick like eight lemons and put them in a lemon bowl so I don't have to go out to the backyard when I want a lemon. But I don't know, something doesn't feel right. So whenever I need a lemon, I just walk out to the tree and I grab a lemon. It's in my backyard. Yes. I think that's okay. Yeah. The lemon tree is storing them for you. Yeah. It's like the moment I take them off the tree, it ends its life cycle. (sighs) This is one of the more fascinating episodes of this podcast because I really am at a loss. Like, I don't know if I like want to like rip into this food lifestyle that you have or if I want to like follow you into it. (laughs) Like if I want to be your protege or if I want to roast this, like it's, it's, uh, cause like then you'll say something that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, I guess we shouldn't just live with a surplus of food. We should just <laughs> eat what we need. Yeah. 
my my grand my grandparents and I love my grandparents. So if they ever hear this, I just want them to know that I'm not speaking negatively about them. But it was a real shock to me for for maybe like about 18 months when I was uh like pre preteen like adolescent. I went to live with my grandparents. Um, my parents had some stuff going on, and you know, a couple of our relatives, you know, took groups of us. Uh huh. And my grandparents. The way they shopped is the like first of the month, they would go to like a Costco type store um, and buy hundreds of dollars of groceries. And then that's just what we have for like the whole month. You wait, hold on. You mean you mean they lived like normal people? I mean, I guess that's normal, but that was like so strange to me. And I was like, how will they know what they want to eat in a week? Okay. I think I've finally figured it all out. You want to get back to this time before your parents had this fissure and you had to go out and get used to a different style of eating. You want to go back to the times before, the before times when things were in a in a better place and you were constantly striving for that even though even even now as a, as an adult with whole foods and postmates and instacart you still are trying to be that little girl who was in a, a home before everything went awry oh yes do you feel better cuz that's more for you than it is for me <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. Zainab doesn't have a lot of food in her fridge to talk about, but she does have baking soda to mask the odors of all the non-food she has in her fridge. Anyway, where did this whole baking soda in the fridge thing come from? The fight with bad smells in fridges goes back to the invention of the first mechanical refrigerator in 1899. For a long time, most people kept their fridges smelling clean with chemical cleaners, which unfortunately come with poor environmental consequences. In 1970, the world's biggest seller of baking soda, Arm & Hammer, became the sponsor of the first World Earth Day, promoting its use as a green cleaning alternative. By 1972, most Americans were using a box of baking soda in their fridges to keep the bad odors at bay, and today it has become a staple of all fridges even empty ones like Zainab's. Um, we need to get to some of these questions, starting with okay. what is your earliest food memory? I have two memories. One of them is us going to Red Lobster as a family. Okay. That was like a big deal with so many of us. And we lived in Manhattan and Red Lobster was in Queens at the time. And so we had to get on a train. We had to get on multiple trains to get to Red Lobster. And it was always a fun thrill for me. But it's like I knew once I got there, I wasn't going to really have a good time because I didn't really like this stuff. I don't like seafoods. Unless it's, unless it's a flaky white fish. You like a flaky white fish. No, now I eat that a little bit to to supplement but it's not like what i like okay got it 
So especially as a kid, and my mom made really good fish as a kid, uh, but I never, I always, I just never really been like a fish person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but my fish journey was, I was a very strict vegan at one point, and then Ramadan came, and I was fasting, and I had got so incredibly thin mm. that in an attempt once Ramadan was over to kind of like put weight back on and. I I had, but I I knew I wasn't going to go back to meat. I started incorporating fish and then just being a comedian on the road. Sometimes in certain cities, it's much easier to get like a piece of fish than like some real vegetables. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So I remember going to Red Lobster and I remember that the highlight for me used to be, um, Doing like the, you know, the, the puzzle that uh, they would give you like the kids men, the kids menu. Yes. And yeah. Crayons and stuff like that. And that used to be the highlight for me. But then I also remember like a bad memory. So when my mom, I used to love when my mom baked bread, she would bake biscuits and she would bake them in a wok. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. I said we were poor. So she used to, you know what I'm saying? The wok used to do everything. Wait, that's kind of uh, cool, though. I had to explain to me how she would make bread in a wok. So, you know, she had a really big wok and a wok is essentially like just a metal, a metal round bowl. Right. Yeah. And she would bake the bread. She would she would make the dough, the the, the biscuit dough. Um, and she would uh, take like an empty jar, like an empty like uh, pickle jar or a mayonnaise jar or whatever, jelly, jar, whatever, and cut out the circles. You yes. Know? of the biscuits and then she would just place them or we would help them place them and it would like bake almost like up into like a cylinder. It's so no cool. way. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but when we didn't, when my mom, when we didn't have fresh baked like bread or biscuits, she would buy Ezekiel bread. Oh, wait a second. That is very like hippie looking forward of your mom. Cause Ezekiel bread was not that popular when we were like kids. It wasn't popular at all, and I hated it. My mom used to be a part of a co-op. Oh wow! There you go. <laughs> you see, you got to understand where I co- like where I come from. <laughs> there's a lot of layers that keep adding yeah. to this. Okay, yeah, now there's a, a co-op a, involved. <laughs> yeah, food co-op in Brooklyn, and we would spend like a couple of hours there because you know with co-ops it's like everybody you got to work there to shop there to exactly. you know what I'm saying like yeah. And so we would spend a couple of hours there. And I loved the co-op. I loved it. Yeah. I remember that's when she started bringing like soy milk in the house. And that was a relief to me because I never liked regular milk. But then the Ezekiel bread, I hated it. But now as an adult, I eat Ezekiel bread. You oh know, like God. I love that's, that. That's sometimes <laughs> the only bread. Now I have like a gluten allergy. So I chew, I get like a... A, a thing of bread from like a gluten bakery. Wait a second. You have a gluten allergy and you don't do dairy. I got to say for a Muslim, you have the digestive tract of a Jew. <laughs> how, how did this happen? Aren't, aren't we all similar in so many ways? <laughs> how did the gluten allergy happen? Um, I don't know. Once you moved to LA, right? You got off the plane. It was just, it was just recent. It was during a pandemic. Really? No. No, everybody, if you if you ask anybody, just just as sure as they will say Zainab's refrigerator is completely empty, they will say, but she's eating bread and potatoes all day, every day. Wow. Yeah, that's Amazing. my go-to, which is why now I go to gluten-free bakeries and I buy freaking $30 loaves of gluten-free bread, which Jeez. is atrocious. 
Yeah, it's crazy. There was a place in LA that had a very good gluten-free uh, bread called Bread Block. Yeah, that's where I go. They went out of business, though. They were okay, though. What's better? So there's a um a bakery. What is it called? It's on um Washington. It's in Culver City, and oh Lodge. No, it's called Baked Bars in Culver City, and they do they have they don't have as much stuff as Bread Bar did in Silver Lake, but they they make a really good like multi grains uh, sliced bread. They make a good sourdough, and what else? They have one more thing, but I feel like uh. Bread, what was it called in Silver Lake? Oh, Bread Block. Bread Block, because I used to go to them often, but begrudgingly. Because it's like, I knew I this is how much I love bread, but it's like, ooh, the croissant is going to be like a brick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a crime. The baguette was just like a bat. I mean, look, you're taking the gluten out of the bread. It's going to suck. You're right. right? You're it's right. going to suck. With- Although, wait, what neighborhood do you live in here? For all the stalker, uh, for all the stalkers listening, West Adams. Oh, you're in West Adams. Okay, there's a bakery in West Hollywood called La Chouquette, and they make the best uh, gluten free pastries. In fact, their pastries really? aren't. They're not. He doesn't make them gluten free so that they're gluten free. Like he thinks that the dough that he has created for these eclairs and whatnot is actually better gluten free. And so it's it's this wacky French chef, and his stuff is pastry wise. If you want to get your pastry fix, you go yeah. to La Chouquette. It'll blow you away. Just make sure you have their hours because I know you're not going to go there two days before you want it. You need to go right mm-hmm. when you want it. I gotta go right when I want it. And I'm also like I'm the type of person like okay, if I love something, it's like I'm gonna try him out. But it's like I realized that with a croissant, you just got to get a croissant. There's no way around it. Like. Oh wait, so you can eat a, you can eat a regular croissant. So you're saying gonna, you're a, you're a you're a fair weather gluten freer. You're not a all the time gluten freer. I'm saying that I'm going they're going to be like dire consequences, but when <laughs> I want a croissant, I'm I just I just suffer the consequences. Okay, got it. Got so it. like I'll break out in hives. Yeah. I'll have you know, I'll have like you know, like ulcers on my face. like I mean the consequences are pretty bad. Wow. Um but Sometimes it's worth it. You know what? Sometimes I got to just go get that croissant, but I only go to a very specific place because it's like if I'm going to do that, Which then it one? Gotta be worth I it. have a favorite croissant. What's your favorite croissant? Lou, the French on the block. It's the best croissant in North America. What's it called? Lou, the French on the block. Lou, the French on the block? Mm-hmm. That's the name of the place? Yeah, his name is Lou, and he is the French on the block. Of all the, of all the restaurants on the block, he's the French guy. So it's Lou, the French on the block. <laughs> I'm talking to Dan like it's not rocket science. Like, what you missing? What the- <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird name. the The guy's store name is a sentence. Lou, the French on the block. It is. Wow, four point eight stars on Yelp, seven hundred twenty six reviews. Wow, no, this looks absolutely insane. Best croissant in North America. Although I, I think they've gone downhill, so I'm not even going to promote them anymore. But it used to be a place called Chaumont in Beverly Hills. It's not. I know Chaumont. And Chaumont tries to do like a vegan version. It's not. It's, trust me, it's not. Wow. She, you know Chaumont. Okay. so Yes, you, I know Chaumont. Game recognized game. 
Game recognized game. So my nieces, who are 12 and 14, were visiting me over the summer. And one of my castmates was like, hey, you know, what's, you know, let us grab a bite to eat. And I was like, oh, I have my nieces in town. You know, did you, you know, did you want to like wait until they were gone? And he was like, no, no, no. Let's like, like, I'd love to meet your nieces. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take y'all to the best bakery and said they got the best croissant, the best croissant. And so me and my nieces are in the car and I said, we're going to go hang out with Owen and he's going to show us. He says that this place is the best. But when we're done, I'll take you the next day to the best place in town. And so we eat there and it's it's okay. Nobody finishes anything. Wow. Then right before my nieces, like maybe like two or three days later, I have to take them back to Philly. And so I'm like, hey, let's go to Lou's. Early in the morning before we catch your flight. You have to say the full name. You, I'm sorry. You have to say the full name. Let's go to Lou the French on the block <laughs> because and we got to go early because the line is going to be around the corner. Okay. So we go early. We get croissants. We get eclairs. We get, and then we get the actual. We get a, we get sandwiches, and we all got like tuna sandwiches. I think like mm. like a big a big like baguette. Like a niçoise. Yes. I told my nieces, I was like, don't eat it all, like save some because, you know, we got to be on a plane for like five hours. So like, you know, save some. They ate it all in the car. I talked to their mom when they maybe like a day or two later, you know, and she was like, "Um, Athena keeps going on and on about y'all went to the best bakery. Like she said, it was the best sandwich she ever tasted in her life. Wow. You see, I'm doing a free commercial for Lou. (laughs) Lou the French on the block. Because it's really, I be on a search. I be on a search because I like that type of stuff so much. Yeah, he's wow. be- best. Yeah. Okay, now I seriously want you to go to La Chouquette's because now, okay, you have very good, you have very good pastry taste, and I mm-hmm. also think this would be a good thing for you because you can have an eclair and not die, and it'll give you just as much pleasure. And so, all his stuff is gluten free. Um, not all, but his eclairs are. Oh, okay. Those eclairs that he has, which are wildly good. And he also makes a very respectable croissant. I don't know that it's as good as Lou the French on the Block, but it is very good. Okay. Okay, I'll check him out. What is your death row meal? Let's think of a good reason that you're on death row. Maybe someone invites you to their house and they cook you a really beautiful meal. And you're like, oh my God, this was so great. Thank you so much. And then you're like, can I use the restroom? And they're like, yeah. On the way to the restroom, you pass the kitchen and you go open the fridge and you see it's a fully stocked fridge. You just had dinner at someone's house who has a fully stocked fucking fridge and you lose your goddamn mind. You grab whatever the closest knife is and you kill everyone. Now you are on death row. What is your death row meal? I really wanted you to give my, uh, me being a murderer more credit in this story. I really wanted. (laughs) (laughs) That person sounds like they need therapy. <laughs> I've been trying therapy this whole time. It hasn't been working. Okay. She, uh, she's impossible to crack. <laughs> um, my death row meal would be, I'm going to die. So gluten doesn't matter at all. No, you're and good. Sugar doesn't matter. So it would probably be like a croissant French toast. Oh, interesting. With a side of fresh fruit. And if they bring me cantaloupe or honeydew, I'm going to kill somebody again. (laughs) You want persimmons. Give the girl persimmon. Give me persimmons. Give me me blackberries. Give me 
um, watermelon. Give me pineapple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me cherries. You, know, yes. you ever buy a bag of cherries? Is my favorite food. You ever buy a bag of cherries? And you like, how did these bag the bag of cherries cost me $40? How? <laughs> a side of fresh fruit and some sliced bananas on top of the croissant French toast. Interesting. Okay. A side of who got the best French fries? McDonald's. Nobody makes better French fries than McDonald's. Zainab, if you disagree with me right now, this 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 interview is over. I can't support McDonald's even on my deathbed. Um, <laughs> I want some homemade, like hand cut fries. Are you want like, like a thick steak steak cut fry? Not a steak fry, not a steak fry. But like, have, have you ever fried fries at your house? Like you peel the potatoes, you or don't peel them, just wash them good, blank. Blanch them and then put them in some a nice hot, like like some nice olive oil, like hot hot olive oil. Have you ever so done you want, that? You want you want a fancy French fry. You want a fancy. I want a French fancy fry. French fry. Okay. And I want a fresh French fry. And then I'd like an almond latte, an almond milk latte, extra hot, and then a and then a bottle of water. Oh. Oh, you want to stay hydrated for the electric chair. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, I just feel like after all of that, I'm going to need a little bit of water. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a lot of sweet and savory, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like I'm going to need a little bit of water, but mm, that's, that's, that's my meal. Okay. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. What is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? I don't know. And I've had some pretty high-end meals. Like yeah. I've eaten at all. I've eaten at all, every high-end restaurant you can name in LA. All of, all of them. All of them? Zainab. I believe so. I even be going to them restaurants where it's like the chef only allows 20 people and you got to make a reservation nine months in advance. It's at a secret location. I've been to stuff like that, too. Okay, so give it to me. Give me give me give me one of the highlights. Uh, The highlight always for me is a really good farm to table meal. Like my memory is not that great. Like I can't tell you like, ooh, but just recently. You don't drink alcohol. You don't have an excuse to have a bad memory. Okay. You have no alcohol. Your brain has never been affected by alcohol. You have pure neurons, unlike the rest of us. I was just in Wilmington, North Carolina, and mm. that's not a place where I expected to get good food, I'll be honest. But I had one of the best gluten-free, plant-based restaurants that I have had in my life. Oh my and God. they just make- happened to be gluten-free. They, they were plant-based. I knew that. But they just happened to be, like most of their menu just happened to be gluten-free. That's not what I went for. But it was delicious. And I went with two other women who are not plant-based. And they were ordering seconds. And they was like, oh, wait. Oh, we got to get another one. Oh, we got to get a... Uh. It was, I was... I was like quite surprised. I think if I were going to be on death row, it would be because a friend of mine was like, let's go to this gluten-free plant-based restaurant. I didn't know it was gluten-free. It, it was plant-based. It was like plant-based farm to table. So the menu was always changing because it has to be, fr- you know what I'm saying? It has to be in-season food. Yeah. Um, But it's still high-end because like you're going to order a thing, like a thing of cornbread, that's $20. That's still high-end. You know what I'm saying? That's not high-end. That's overpriced. Very different. That's crazy. $20 What's, for cornbread? What do high-end? Like a lobster? That's overpriced too. I mean, I bet that the margin that they're making on the lobster is less than the $20 cornbread. Cornbread costs $2 to make. Not gluten-free cornbread. Not gluten-free plant-based, plant-based cornbread. I just made it. It was so good. I tried to make it at my house. Whoop. And I went, I, 
I went on a 26th and I had to get all the ingredients because I didn't have it. I had to buy monk fruit instead of sugar. Guess how much monk fruit cost me? Fuck monk fruit. Honestly, <laughs> wow, how much is the monk fruit? The monk fruit was $12. Okay. Okay, then I had to buy gluten-free flour. Guess how much that cost me? Too much. It's worth having the ulcer. Have a little ulcer on the face. Then I had to buy gluten-free cornmeal. That's why I had the earth balance in there, because I was baking cornbread. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to attack me with the receipts. (laughs) (laughs) High-end only means that they're going to charge you something for, you know, like... Yeah, they're like, oh, the fish of the day. But it's like, this is a restaurant that seats 180 people. And y'all are open for seven hours in the evening. So that means you got a good amount of sea bass. So why are you charging $90 for it? Right. Because you know you can. You know if you call it the catch of the day, Mm -hmm. which just means that somebody was out there today. But ain't this a restaurant where all your fish? So you telling me you charge $50? You've been serving me frozen fish? (laughs) I'm with you. I don't like it when they say catch of the day. I don't like it when they say market price. Like the price is just an MP. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. You know how much Mm -hmm. it is. Tell me how much your fucking dumb fish is. Also, it's not the catch of the day. It's whenever the the truck came to your restaurant today. Exactly. But when the plant-based people be like, oh, we want to charge a lot too. Everybody be like, for some fucking vegetables, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) First of all, I didn't know that you were using my ammo to turn against me. I wouldn't have made fun of the market price thing had I known that was on the other side of it. And we freaking should. Have you have you ever driven up to have you ever driven up to Northern California? Yeah. So when you drive up to Northern California, you drive through all of those farms, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see all of them work. You see them people out there in the de- in the dead of the sun. Yeah. Those Mexican workers, they be goddamn, they be looking like Africans. That's how dark they be. Yes. Being out in that sun trying to pick our goddamn produce. Yeah. And we got the nerve to be like, oh, but I'm a I'll pay for some S car go. What the fuck is S car go? I'm done. Do you know what the people who are farming the snails look like under the beating sun of uh northwestern France? Ain't nobody farming no goddamn snake. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best low-end meal you've ever had? So this could be like a street taco. You didn't even notice it, but you saw it in my refrigerator. And my friend made fun of me the other day when I made it. Chickpea eggs. Chickpea eggs. It's a very Mediterranean dish. Okay. So you basically, you cook the chickpea, right? You 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 pan fry the like, chickpea with in chili oil. And I have this like... Okay, this is the low end meal, right? Because I was yeah. like, I got the high end chili olive oil that my manager. It's okay, gives. we get it. You made it. You made it. It's okay. You can use the the high end chili oil. Um, but you use chili oil. You could use oil and just put chili flakes in it, whatever. And you use some uh, zatar if you have it. Mm-hmm. Which you should. And you pan you pan fry the chickpeas, and then you crack the you crack the eggs on the chickpea and then you just fry those eggs and when i tell you baby oh mm. i saw it on tiktok i ah. saw it on tiktok oh god and i was like i have to try it <laughs> and so i tried it for the first time the other day and my friend was like he was on the phone with me and i was like i couldn't even respond to his question cuz he was like did i lose you i said i'm so sorry i just tasted these chickpea eggs and it's blessing like wow. it's Hitting. And then I sent him like a pitch and he said, yo, that looks so good. I can't wait to make it again. Okay. I'm going to sound like like the old guy. Ready? 
whenever people are like, oh yeah, I saw it on TikTok. Where are you consuming this on TikTok? Is it, are these trending recipes or is it like a certain account that you follow or suddenly all the accounts start cooking this thing? How does it work? That's the beauty of TikTok. It's like, it's so random. Mm. You know, like it's so random. It gives you whatever it wants to give you until you show it that you like something specific. And then it's going to flood you with that specific thing until you tell it not to. So like, I don't follow, I don't, I don't follow anybody on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I follow Amazon because I'm on their show. Right. And I think I follow like my little sister, but other than that, I don't follow any pages. I don't interact with pages on TikTok. Yeah. Even, even when I see something I like, I don't even say I screenshot it for myself as a record, but I don't, cause I don't want the algorithm that I don't want it to start sending me the same stuff. <laughs> right. So because of that, I get a plethora, I get a variety yes. of different things on TikTok. And every so often it's a good recipe. There's two recipes that I've gotten from TikTok that I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. One was a um a different take on tuna, like on canned tuna and or on albacore instead of using mayonnaise, because I never like mayonnaise, you use avocado. And so I use avocado, Persian cucumbers, red onion, a little bit of parsley. And yo, last year I was eating that like once a week. Wow. That's how much I like. Yeah, I made it for my mom. Now she'd be like, are you going to make me some of that tuna? (laughs) It's like bougie tuna. You get what I'm saying? I go and buy like a $7 can of tuna. Like it's bougie tuna and I love it. And then the other day I made these chickpea eggs. It's three simple recipes. How much chickpeas cost in the store? A dollar. Right. I mean, eggs and you got a little bit of oil and some chili. Like it's, it's a cheap recipe. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Everyone has those, those items in their home. I didn't have I, the chickpeas. I had to go buy them. I'm sorry. I've never cooked with the hot chili oil. I'm excited. Do you put that in at the end or you like actually use that as like the oil that you're cooking the eggs in? You use it as the oil you cook in the eggs with. Whoa. Life hack. Life hack. Nike sneaker fried chicken. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But my boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, he looked at me like, is this what normally happens? And it was like, it wasn't. That was, you know, when somebody do something new and you right there, like, I think he thought we'd been eating out of Nike shoe boxes, but I was looking at him like, this the first time for me too. Like, I don't even know what made her do this. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Maybe she didn't approve of him as much as you thought she did. <laughs> my mom was like, do you want it or not? She wasn't about to be embarrassed. She was like, do you want it or not? I have other children to feed. And he took the chicken. I don't even think I had any because I never really liked fried chicken. Like I eat it sometimes, but I'm not a huge fan of it. And so, but he ate it and he was like, he's like, yo, this is the best fried chicken I ever had. Oh my God. What if your mom discovered like by mistake that there's something in the Nike box that makes the chicken heightens it to a level like some umami from that box that it's like discovering penicillin by mistake that she discovered like you, you guys have to open up this this fried chicken sneaker box store. I mean, I think then we would have to partner with Nike, right? But for me, it was like a a, a hygiene thing, right? It's like yeah, those there was, boxes are in factories. Like you don't know what. So for me, it was like that's that's what it. I get the logic of yeah, that's cardboard. Cardboard will soak up oil or liquid. I got that, but it was like no, it it's just tough. Seemed, unsanitary it's tough i mean especially since it's like and again this is more just like a psychological thing it has shoes in it that were unworn but still yeah it's shoes but we was poor and you know what (laughs) 
<laughs> now, every time I use a paper towel, I am appreciative because I remember that day with the Nike fried chicken. Yes, yes. Hashtag gratitude. Who is your favorite celebrity food personality? Food personality, meaning that they... Like a TV chef or like food journalist? I don't have one. Sorry. All right. Just say Danadude. <laughs> what is your desert island food? You're trapped on a desert island. There's one food that you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. What is that one food? Watermelon. Watermelon. Okay. A little on the nose, Zainab. A little on the nose. <laughs> what? I mean, it's just a little stereotypical. And we try to stay away from stereotypes here on Green Eggs and Dan. But watermelon is delicious. And it's hard watermelon to get Watermelon is of it. delicious. It's hydrating. It's such a smart choice to eat every single day. It's refreshing. Your skin will look amazing. People, people pay thousands of dollars to go on watermelon retreats where they just serve you nothing but watermelon and make you do yoga. Wait, is that true? Yeah, dead ass. Yo, you don't even understand. Yo, I'm a part of a world that you just, ha- you don't, you are, you just ain't even on. Is this Dan. like the you modeling just- world? Is this the modeling world? Is that what this no. is? This is like when Mario goes down in one of them secret tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> but a second, a runner up would be French fries, but only if there's ketchup. Only if there's ketchup. Do you like mayo? You don't like mayo with your with your French fries. I don't eat mayo. Period. I don't eat mayo. Period. You see, you see, I put avocado in the tuna. Oh, before that, I couldn't mess with tuna, but now I can eat tuna. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't do no mayo over here. That's very stereotypical of you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is mayo like a black person thing? No, mayo is a white person thing. I'm Iranian, okay? We don't even have... We're an olive oil people. You're an Iranian Jew? Yes. Oh, wow. Oldest flavor of Jew. Check it out. These are my, gra- these are my grandmother's spices. Do you see that? See that I, Farsi yeah, lit on our spices? I like that. <laughs> yeah, I really like that, actually. Okay, so uh, I, the next question, I think you answered it, which is what food you can't stand eating, and I think it's mayonnaise. There's two things that tie. It's mayonnaise and it's cantaloupe. Yeah, this cantaloupe seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah, if I had to, I think if I had to build a tolerance for one of those things, like if they were like, you would give you this or give you death, I would take the cantaloupe because I just know it's a fruit. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know it ultimately like it might be like hydrated. Like, I just know it, it must have some benefits that I know mayonnaise just does not have. But right. mayonnaise, ugh, the texture, you're just going to give me oil, eggs. And ugh, I'm like, I can't, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. And then it's just slimy in your mouth, like snot. I can't, I can't, I cannot do it. Okay, okay. You know what? I'd like to apologize to all my listeners who are tuning in for for some light food content. (laughs) (laughs) We are on to our last question, which is my favorite question, which is what is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? My restaurant pet peeve is not being able to modify. Oh my God. Zainab, I hate you. <laughs> Yo, are you a chef or are you a chef? Why are you back there like this is the lunchroom? Why are you back there like this is a vending machine? Is it pre-made or are you a chef? Okay, let me ask you this. A chef is an artist, just like a comedian is an artist. Would you want to go on stage and have people yell out, no, 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 don't do that joke. Change this joke. I didn't like that. That was, that was a little too off color. Can you clean that one up? 
How would you feel about that? Th- that's very different. Because let me just not. tell you in the way that they do it. Yes, it is. Because let me just tell you. First of all, Dan, let's be honest. People come up to comics after the show all the time and be like, I like this joke, but I did not like that. They do it all the time. Do you like that? You like when they do I that? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Because guess what? My joke list is not a menu. Your joke list is absolutely a menu. A menu is... is My my joke list is not a menu, which is why they say when you come to a comedy club, the lineup is subject to change because even the lineup ain't a menu. But a chef, this is what you do, right? You put food together. So why are you refusing to put food together in the way that I need the food to be together? You have a choice to go to a chef who is making the food the way that you want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when I go to a restaurant and they don't modify, guess what? Just like you cannot see a comic again. (laughs) I don't go to that restaurant again. (laughs) That's the the exact thing happened. I don't I don't I don't go in the back and be like, I want to speak to the chef. You better modify for me. No, I'm like, oh, this ain't my type of restaurant, which is why you asked me what's my pet peeve. If it's my pet peeve at a restaurant, I'm not going to a restaurant that has my pet peeve. No. We done with that restaurant. Hold on. I'm trying to find some goddamn common ground over here. Give me an example of what one of these modifications would be. Okay. So there's a place in D.C. that I really like, Tat, right? Really, really good bakery, but they also do like breakfast. They do like fresh salads and stuff like that. Really, really good quality food. And casual, right? But let's say I get the Mediterranean salad. Okay. And it's going to have goat cheese. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, I don't want the goat cheese. Can I, can I have avocado instead of the cheese? Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we could take the goat cheese off, but we're going to have to charge you for the avocado. First of all, if you've ever been to a grocery store, you know goat cheese costs way more than an avocado. I mean, can, is that something we can agree on, Dan? Yes, yes. All right, right. So you want to upcharge me for something, and I'm actually taking something that costs less. I'm asking yes. to, for you to replace it with something that costs less, right? So that's the first thing, right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, oh, okay, I'll take the avocado. You can upcharge me for the avocado and the nerve of them charging you $4 for a fourth of an avocado, but whatever, right? This is a service industry. Do what you got to do. I'll take it. But also, could you put the goat cheese on the side? And they'll say, oh, so you do want the goat cheese. Yep. I want everything that comes with it, but can you put it on the side? They put it on the side and I throw it right in the trash. Oh my God. Because I paid for it. (laughs) I paid for it. Wait, did you really do this? Yeah, this is a true story. Oh, my God. I'd be like, oh, could you bring it out to me? And just so you know that I'm reasonable, just so that you know that I'm reasonable, like, let's say they make a like a fried rice or something, right? And I'll be like, oh, is the, ri- is the rice, is it made like in big batches? And and they'll be like, oh, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, because it has, it has anchovy. It, it's made with anchovy. But yeah, we already make it. I'm not going to be like, you can't make me a side without anchovy. I'm not unreasonable in that way. Right. Or okay. I'll get it or I just won't get that thing. And I'll say, okay, I'll try to, my best to find a thing that, that doesn't need to be modified. Right, I don't want right. you to think I just go in ready to change shit. I only do that when I have to. Okay. But in the case that I have to... It's like some some places are just really unreasonable. And I think it's bad business policy. I mean, I got to say, this started off 
contentious. But that story of the goat cheese sounds like something that I would 100% do. I think I'm like developing like a huge crush on you now. <laughs> on the food, me? <laughs> because of that move. Wait, so did you wait for them to, did you make sure that the server was looking at you when you did that, when you poured the goat cheese out? To be very honest with you, I just throw it away because I know that it's it's paid for. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like, it doesn't make sense for the restaurant to charge you money and them get to keep their inventory. No, I'm with you. I'm That's with just you. unfair. You get what I'm, I'm saying? You. No, it was just, it, it was, it was an injustice. Yeah, but but I don't do it like I'm not trying to hurt the the server's feelings or because what they're doing is they're just following policy. They don't own the restaurant. Yes, but if you're a good server, if you're a good server, you should say, I know this is going to sound fucking ridiculous and it's not my policy. But this restaurant, they just have a thing. I have to try. I know it's crazy. I have to charge you for I agree with you. I agree with you. But the reason why so many corporations get to exist is because the majority of us as human beings are workers. We just follow orders. We're not present in thinking. Bernie Sanders, everybody. Here we go. I mean, it's the truth. Have you ever been at like a grocery store and given a cashier $20 and they punch in the $20 and then you'd be like, oh, I got 18 cents and they don't know what to do. They literally have like a a breakdown? Yes, yes. It's like, just take a second, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> Instead of you giving me 82 cents, just give me, just take the 18 cents. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but the register becomes the begin doll, end doll. It's the same as like our phones, like we stop using our brain, you know? So I would love if I had that interaction that you're saying like, yo, I hate that this makes no sense at all. Cause like, Girl, goat cheese costs way more than avocado. Yes. But they they just will not let me do it. I'm so sorry. So yeah. I even like proactive servers, like where they're like, but I could replace it with another cheese. Do you don't like any cheese? Do you get what I'm saying? Because then yes. I know you, it's like, oh yeah, I could rock with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. All right. Ready? Compromise. Here we go. <laughs> if it's a restaurant that's open to making changes, then they have to be open to making reasonable changes. Mm-hmm. The other alternative is it's a restaurant that in big, bold letters on the front, it says, we are sorry. There's going to be no exceptions made. If you're cool with that, great. If not, we understand. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the way it should be. Because it sounds like this place yeah. that you were at in D.C. was the type of place that would be doing substitutions. And they can yeah. go fuck themselves with uh, charging for the goat cheese. I'm on your side. Yes. Those restaurants where they say on their menu, we do not, no modifications. Even when they say it, when they're delivering no modifications, I respect that. So I try to find what is, you know, I try to find the thing. Yes. That, and, and just so you know, Dan, I'm not going to try and t- turn a pizza into a goddamn salmon dish. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, oh, could you sub out? Is it pizza? Can you sub out the bread? Can I'm not going to do that. But there's like certain things like... Let's say I go to a, a sandwich place and it's like, oh, it's just, it's like a, a chopped cheese or something, right? A yes. chopped dish. And I'm like, uh, is it is it possible for me to? And they do, you know, some people take pride in like their sauces. Yes. So it'll be like, oh, this is like a house made aioli. They mm. really this they take pride in it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is it possible to um to not have the aioli? And the, the and the people are like, no, we that's how the sandwich comes. It's like that's not my restaurant. 
That's not your place. Yeah, that's not my place. That's not the your chef place. feels like the chef feels like their food tastes good in a certain in a certain way, and that's yes. fine. Yes. But it's like I can't eat the way you like it. I can't, which is why I don't go to French restaurants. It's a lot of it's a lot of mayo, a lot of cream, a lot of yeah. Yeah, you want something easily digestible that is just easy. You're like the you you're looking for the food equivalents of like Jim Gaffigan. You want a Gaffigan, family friendly, fun. I don't know Gaffigan's material enough to confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody cue in, it's vanilla, baby. What's the song? <laughs> Speaking of of Wonderful comedy. I do love this was not was not a knock on Jim Gaffigan. Um, but your special's out. It's very exciting. It's on the Amazons. Yeah, it's on Prime Video. You can only watch it if you have Amazon Prime. I just realized you're such a for someone who's so anti-capitalist, you are the biggest shill for Amazon. You're like, I shop at Whole Foods, my specials on Amazon, my shows on Amazon. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're working for the man. I mean, literally. It's such a hard thing to put out a special. And it takes so much work. Were you th- happy with it when you were done with it? Or were you always like, oh, there could be... Because you seem like a perfectionist to me. So were you like, oh, there was, there was a little... This could have been different. That could have been different. Or are you like one of those artists who's like, just put it out there and let's go on to the next one? I was really proud of it. There are some things that I would have loved to change. And then even the material, you know, as a comedian, you just keep writing. So when I watched it, there's a moment where I there's some somewhere in a stripper joke. And I say, could you imagine, could you imagine like a Muslim strip club with the girls taking off the hijab? And I could have in that moment said hijabs off. I could have said the title and it didn't hit me until after. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I was talking to the director. I was so but while we were editing, and I was like, "Dang, I wish I would have said this." And did it. He said, "Don't do it. Like, don't. Yeah. It'll never be done if you, you know." And so, yeah, there there are things that were um, a bit more difficult. There were things where I set an expectation, and while it did come out great, that expectation wasn't completely met. But overall, I am really, really, I, I am really proud of it. I was very happy and excited to put it out. Like I was just, re- I'm really proud of this. Yeah, I think it's a really, really nice introduction um, of me to the world, me as a stand-up comedian to the world. I love it. That's so good to hear. And you're so funny. And so fun to watch and such an interesting point of view. And I mean, everyone here listening can probably see that you're very passionate. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I wish you uh, nothing but the best. And I hope you guys Thank all you. go and stream that on the Amazons. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find everything. My website is zainabjohnson.com, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. You can find all my tour dates, anything that I'm doing. You can find all the links via my website. But if you want to follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Zainab Johnson. TikTok is the Zainab Johnson, T-H-E-Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. Yeah, my clips go viral and stuff like that. But I'm really fun to watch live. Very fun. So, So definitely come check out a live show if I'm in a city near you. And definitely, you know, if you're a Prime member, um, definitely check out Upload. Uh, with Three seasons are streaming now. All three seasons are streaming now. We're hoping to get a fourth season. And um, watch my special, Hijabs Off. 
I love it. And if you're a Prime member, you can order from Whole Foods on the Prime app. And it's nine ninety nine delivery. They're not paying for that though. They're not paying. They they not paying us for that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zainab. Thank you, Dan, for having me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death. In a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties, with new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.